The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Also presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CollarNebelBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. Also, welcome our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located right there in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Mention Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all of your vape juice and hardware. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. You can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the majority of those podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe. I'm Carl Carafel. All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. Before we get into the bulk of our discussion, guess who has made the headlines, at least when it comes to us? Mr. CM Punk. And you guys know my (laughs) thoughts on CM Punk and and the thoughts about talking about him and Mm -hmm. the disdain that I have with the (laughs) masses talking about CM Punk and all of the comeback and this and that and whatever. And um, it it almost seems as though something has struck a nerve. Joe, tell us what happened. Yeah, when last week when we published our episode of Turnbuckle Talk, uh, Ryan K. Bowman of thegrillposition.com, this happened through Twitter, he... uh, shared the episode and tagged Mr. Phil Brooks in the post. And then he proceeded to block. Which is really weird because <laughs> we, we didn't say absolutely anything. It was all positive. Bad or derogatory. <laughs> it was all positive stuff that we had actually talked about. Was it like, Hey, CM Punk, you douche nozzle. What are you up to? You know, we, we yeah. were, we were very, we were very positive, very, um, very, very kind. But we were saying, we weren't really saying anything negative. So, no. uh, Clearly, it wasn't uh, listening to the episode. He just saw something wrestling related and went, I don't have nothing to do with it. And that seems to be the uh, the case now. We're not the first people this has happened to. Just when it comes to professional wrestling, he gets named. He wants no part of it, which then begs the question, why the hell is he going to StarCast for other than a payday? That, well, I think you just said it. <laughs> the payday. That's it. It's uh. got to be. I mean, if he's going through and blocking anybody uh, that has anything to do with professional wrestling that will shout out CM Punk and he's blocking all of that or blocking those those accounts, Mm. clearly he's in this just for a payday. And that, to me, is crazy. Like, why? It's not cool. And to be fair, I'm kind of actually almost looking forward to hearing what he's going to say now. Is he going to... Just vent on the whole professional wrestling 
crowd and everybody, or is it just going to be? It's it's kind of hard to tell what's going to really happen there now. Definitely is, and maybe maybe that's his whole reasoning for doing this stuff. Maybe is now people are going to be so pissed off that they're like, "Well, he's going to this. I need to find out why now." Yeah. And maybe more people are going to you know buy tickets to go, or maybe tune into the YouTube channels, or tune into whatever is going to be out there for these people to see what mm-hmm. Phil Brooks, aka CM Punk, has to say. If this ends up being any kind of work at all this is going to be the most ridiculously long stretched out most obscure ridiculous over the top work that's ever been executed i think if, if he actually ends up wrestling somewhere after all of this is said and done like my, my head's gonna explode jim Cornette style if it is entirely a work i'm just thankful that we as the Turnbuckle Talk podcast yeah. got to be a little part of that. Yes. Even if it was just being blocked <laughs> on from the gorillaposition.com, yeah. right? Our, our account hasn't been blocked. No, strangely enough, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I mean, like, if I share anything from the Twitter page, yeah. it, it goes through. I've never had any issues tagging CM Punk in anything Turnbuckle Talk related. Hmm. But it's, yeah, it's very weird that the gorilla position did. Well, we'll see. Maybe we can get blocked this week, too. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we can. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a solid effort to do so. We can uh, add ourselves to um, the list of blocked stuff. I know the uh, Hitting Marks guys are blocked by our truth, strangely enough. Um, and when that happened, they were actually being very positive. It was, I think it was, uh, they tagged him in the seven second dance thing. The seven second dance break. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, um, who knows? <laughs> Weird stuff. Weird. Yeah, but then again, he's still tied to WWE, so maybe his handler or maybe or something saw that and maybe was like, eh, whatever. Who knows? Could who, be. Who knows what these guys are thinking really most of the time. All right, so since our last episode, and we had mentioned it, uh, Carl, that Raw reunion show happened. Now, did you get a chance to witness any of this uh, wrestling show? No. <laughs> I'm using finger quotations. <laughs> Um, I work so much like yeah. for, for those of you who don't know, I'm the operations manager of a uh, local security company. Mm-hmm. I am constantly working. Like I, I barely have time in the day to do the three S's, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, shower and shave. And yeah. I'm not going to say the first, <laughs> um, right. Like that's, I barely have time to do that in a day, mm-hmm. let alone be able to sit down for a three hour program <laughs> of a Monday night raw. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, I sat through this whole wrestling show again. I'm using finger quotations because this, let, let's get into the viewership numbers first and then maybe we'll break down a little bit what happened here. In the very sure. first, first hour of the show, they pulled a 3.019 million viewership, which is, uh, I can't remember the last time they drew that kind of number. Yeah, and, that's and, phenomenal. In the second hour, they not only maintained that number, but they increased it a little bit up to almost uh, 3.2 almost. It was that 3.178. And in that mm-hmm. last hour, they stayed about the 3 million, just barely, about 3.083 in the final and third hour. Um, the, it definitely accomplished the uh, the mission or whatever. They were setting up the spike of rating, obviously, to increase that rating, and, and it did work. Uh, we'll give them credit. They spiked a rating in that one week. The one week. 
That's right. Now, the big question is, are they going to be able to capitalize on that and keep those numbers going? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking today is, is Sunday. We're recording on Sunday. Yep. And you guys are going to have this episode out to you on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're very open here. We're not going to lie to you and say, oh, this is all done on Tuesdays and put out to you then. And we're not going to lie <laughs> to you about nice. that. Tomorrow is going to be the make or break, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow will really tell the truth on if this was just a one-off yeah. or if they are going mm-hmm. to be able to maintain these types of numbers going forward. Mm-hmm. Even if, and I said, even if they do 2.5 million in a consistent over the three hours, mm-hmm. that's a big step. Yeah. That is a big, big step to hopefully continuing to keep those numbers with people. I'm going to just go on a limb here and say that I'll, I think they'll be lucky to get just over 1 million because you're not going to have any of these big names here this week. And clearly that's the reason why a lot of these people tune in. At the beginning, we even had John Cena. We had yeah. John Cena, and they, and they were making fun of uh, the, the Usos got him to, to stay in the ring and kind of uh, bust some rhymes and stuff with them. And they even made, uh, Cena even made fun of their, uh, their dr- driving and their drinking issues. And then I think that evening or, or soon after that, actually, he got in trouble again. So, like, yep. John Cena can foretell the future, apparently. And yeah. then um, with the exception of the Bray Wyatt segment, which was actually really good, everything else really, really just felt like the legends coming back to stroke their own egos at, at the expense of the current talent. That's what this whole show basically felt like. Let's bury the, the, the current talent two weeks before SummerSlam so that we can get one more time in the spotlight again. Well, I, you, you continue to make it sound like it's a very bad thing about <laughs> them coming and stroking their own ego. And, and I really don't think that it's, it's so much of a stroking their own ego type of thing. It's more of let's let's give a little bit of time and pay some homage to these people who built times? up what they have today. Now, was this a bad timing for them to do this show? Definitely it was. This show could have been done the second Monday after SummerSlam. Yeah. And it would have been a perfect time and opportunity for them to do that. I'm all for these like throwback legends nights mm-hmm. because these are the people that that for me anyways, I watched them. Mm-hmm. They were the reasons why I got into professional wrestling. They're the reason why I laced up my boots and got into the ring. Yeah. They are the reason why. So for one night a year to have them come back and – just pay a little homage to them. I'm fine with that. I don't think it's taking away anything from the from the guys that are there. They're going mm-hmm. out there 300 days out of the year. So why not give one night for these guys? Well, you had uh, Mick Foley, you know, giving the rub to to Bray Wyatt there, letting him uh, come on and do his thing on, yep. on that. To me, that works. That's great. That accomplishes with that. I mean, and I would have been fine with way more of these segments um, if – it would have gotten over some more of the current talent, you know, the, these legends, you know, passing the torch on to these uh, other guys. It turned into, I, I didn't get an actual count on how many times it happened. The 24-7 title changed hands, I think, at like 20 times during the course of the episode, too. Even Kelly Kelly was holding at one point. Uh, I think uh, Jerry Briscoe was holding it at one point. And I think uh, Pat Patterson pinned him, kind of, because Jerry is uh, so old and so out of shape that he couldn't actually 
take a, a quote unquote pinfall because he's his body's just in such rough shape. Uh, it just a lot of the stuff just felt so kind of throwaway, especially that twenty four seven stuff. Yeah, if it wasn't already kind of on the rocks and kind of hokey, uh, boy, was it ever that evening. Yeah, and I mean that's just again that's just a one night. It was just supposed to be a fun night. Yeah, that's all. Everybody keeps looking at this and thinking, oh, this should have been the time where they put over these guys and put mm. over this person and put over that person. Bull crap. No, it doesn't need to be. I take a look at the NHL. The NHL have the alumni versus the the, the guys that are out there now. It's a fun night. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's not the alumni going out there and putting over these guys and going, they're the greatest of all time now. And you need to make sure that you're – it's none of that. It's just they're going out there. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. Why can't why can't the legends within the WWE have the exact same thing? They do it in every other sport. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to professional wrestling and this happens, people are all in an uproar because they didn't put over the talent now. See, oh, I, crap. See, they I, don't need to. See, I'd like to, to have a little mixture of both because, I mean, what's uh, what's better for your potential, for your career, to have somebody like, say, that you're following in the footsteps? Like, let's uh, you know make that comparison, uh, say, Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, right? What, I mean, what can give you more of a boost than for your opponent, the Undertaker, to say to Bray Wyatt, hey, you know, you got what it takes, you know, or so, just something even a little subtle like that at the end of the match, you know, like an attaboy or like something what uh, Sammy Callahan did with uh, Tessa Blanchard a little while ago. Something, something like that, I think, is a nice way to approach that. And it, you but, can still have your moment in the sun, too. But you see, that's stuff that needs to be done when both of them are still there. Hmm. In a capacity, they did the exact same thing. You brought up The Undertaker. The Undertaker did the exact same thing with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy went and had a match with The Undertaker for the uh, Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Right? And then after that match, Undertaker picked up Jeff Hardy's almost lifeless body, gave him a tap in the face like an attaboy, there you go. They Mm. were both still working. That's the time to do it. Not when they're legends and and whatever. Like It's not needed then because Mm. the stars today should be building themselves like these guys did. Yeah. That's how I see it. That's how I feel about it. It should not be that the legends have to come back for this legend show and have to put over everybody else. They've done that their entire careers. They went out there and put over everybody else. Let them put themselves over for a little bit now. Mm -hmm. Not have to worry about it. Just let them go out there and do something for themselves now. For me, if I were to, to make a, a comparison to, to, you know, to look at this, uh, here's a good example. Let's uh, look at music and let's look at the Rolling Stones. How many times have those guys come back for a reunion tour or something like that? And then they come back and they do a show and then people just go, oh, my God, these guys should have stayed retired. <laughs> You know, right? Um, like, why keep coming back to to get that one more moment when that moment has passed you by, right? And you know, when they you now to make the example with them when they did that SARS benefit concert in Toronto, the the Stones were were the headliners, and I was there in person. And it it was awful. They were awful, and you know, ACDC came on and blew them out of the water. But you know, I digress when it comes to that because we're not talking about music on this podcast. But just to give you a little uh, example, is that's what it almost kind of feels like when these legends keep coming back kept coming back to get that moment like when is enough enough right i get that they want to 
relive that, but you you want to use that comparison of the Rolling Stones coming back and and performing. How yeah. many of these wrestlers came back and performed on the show? How many how many of these legends came well, back and actually performed? Yeah, I guess that's what what what, what do you define a performance? Right, uh, coming back and having a match. Coming is, back and just getting in the ring and talking on the mic is not yeah. performing. Getting in the ring, working a 15, 20 minute yeah. professional wrestling match. That's performing True, because yeah. these music stars like the Rolling Stones, as you mentioned, went out there and did probably a 30 to 50 minute music approximately, set. Approximately. Yeah. They performed. Mm-hmm. Right. Had they just come out and got on the mics and said, hey, thanks for coming out, everybody. This has been great. We're so happy that you decided to support this. That's not performing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, that's that's what I that's that's what I'm saying, right? That's th- these legends didn't come out there and perform nothing. They just came out True. there to have a little bit of the fans clap and cheer and go, "Wow, it is so good to see these guys." That's it. You know, I think this is going to be one of those topics. I'm sure it'll come up again at some point that I think you and I just are always going to see differently on. Which mm-hmm. again, there's no problem with that. It's <laughs> not the only topic, trust me. So something oh, yeah. else dealing with, um, I guess you could say that this kind of goes hand, hand in hand with uh, this kind of stuff here. Uh, before the, uh, the the second quarter financials came out for uh, for WWE, shortly before uh, that announcement happened, a lot of the top WWE execs sold a good portion of their stocks. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me go through uh, a few notable ones here. These are have been published and made public. Um, so right at the top, we had Vince McMahon sold 12... 1,627 of his shares in the company to the tune of uh, $70 per piece. Then uh, somebody named George Berrios, I think he's a, a, like a, he's a president with the company. He has a really weird-shaped head, too. If you look at a picture of him on, uh, on Google, his head like is really like oblong shape, but I digress. Um, he sold uh, 139,175 of his shares. That's a lot. Uh, Kevin Dunn sold 68,628 of his shares. Mark Kowal sold um, 3,800 shares, shares approximately. Triple H or Paul Levesque sold 17,563 of his shares. Uh, Stephanie sold 17,681 of hers. And Michelle Wilson, I'm not exactly her, who she is, she sold about 65,000 of her shares. Um, this makes me really wonder, like these are a lot of big names here. Um, like the sh- other shareholders and stuff, they gotta the confidence has got to be getting kind of low when they see these big names selling so many of their shares in the company. That's a bit of a red flag. Yes and no. I mean, these shares are all just sitting there, and like it's 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 not money that you can just like mm-hmm. y- like have available to you. Yeah. If you need if you need that money, you need to sell those shares. Yeah. The issue right? though, so. Is that if you're if you have such confidence to come like this is Vince McMahon and his son and uh, son-in-law, um, if they have confidence in the company, and if they're so, they shouldn't be selling if they they still have confidence in the company. The shot the stock is still going to be worth something if they're selling at this point. For for others, this is like I said, it's a bit of a red flag. Going, why are these people selling? Like, are they not confident in the, in, in the company or the product? That's got to be the perception. For some, maybe mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 betting that there's something different coming. I'm betting that maybe they want to expand on uh, the WWE films or mm. WWE music or something yeah. like that. 
And this is why they had to take this money, because now they have to take the money to be able to go out and do whatever they need to do for this next portion. How do we know that these people are not all going to be part of NXT Japan? And that this this money and these shares were all all sold out so that they could take that money to be able to bring over there to do what they need to with. Yeah. Right? Like that's I'm thinking the positive. You're thinking the negative again. See, always. I, it's it's always it, this way with us. But that's what that's how I'm thinking. Yeah. They're selling all of these shares so that they can take those to be able to work on a different mm-hmm. project that's needed for somewhere else. How do we know that NXT Germany isn't gonna happen or yeah. NXT Europe? We can just, you know, they have the UK. Let's encompass all of Europe. Yeah. Let's make an NXT Europe or an NXT Japan or Australia or, heck, please, bring it to Canada. There's right? been rumblings of that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but how do we know that this isn't going towards, mm-hmm. you know, the WWE films, which I think would be phenomenal. Let them do do more films, right? right. I mean, they're all kind of B-rate films that have been done. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. this expansion... This could be what they're selling all of these shares for. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's all just they're taking this money now and it's all just for their for their own personal gain. Yeah. I think that all of these people that are listed there are coming together, collaborating to invest this money into another project. Uh, I would be inclined to agree with you, but the timing is very suspect. It's right before the the, the financial the quarterly financials were announced. If it, if this would have happened at some random time. I would be inclined to agree with you 100%. Now, now, could this be part of the reason? Part of the reason? Absolutely. But just the fact that it happened right before these financials were announced and the stock dropped makes it very suspect. There's always going to be those out there that are like conspiracy theorists. <laughs> There's no conspiracy. It was like the day before. Yeah, they sold the, the shares like the day before. They announced. Okay. Yeah. If it would have happened like just some like two weeks ago or like a month and a half ago and just some random date, you know, some of these people selling these shares, I, I would say, yeah, it looks like they're maybe doing something. But the fact that it was right before that was announced, right? That that's 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 where the red flag comes up. I got nothing more to say about that. I mean, there, <laughs> you you got your thoughts, I got yeah. mine. I mean, I I don't think that there's anything that needs to be red flagged about this. They sold their shares. That's it. Yeah. Well, we'll see you going uh, further down the line here. So kind of going along with this here, uh, another topic here, um, Seth Rollins kind of came out in uh, defending the uh, the WWE product here. And it was funny the way that he worded this. And I, I think this was pretty telling, saying that, you know, the talent and everybody involved in the company is putting in 1,000% of their energy and their effort into the product and everything all the time, 24-7. Wow. Um I want to know who wrote the script for him to to, to say all this, because th- this is not a talent. Just speaking of this, th- th- this is you, them using him as like a corporate mouthpiece. Say, oh, we're trying really, really hard all the time. When you look at the at the weekly product, you can tell. I mean, obviously that's not the case, but this is the, they're they're putting out their their main baby face to try and you know smooth things over. That's what this feels like. So the reason why all of these shares were sold was to pay Seth Rollins to say this crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you find the statement yeah. at all? Because, I mean, it just felt, it felt like, a, like a corporate lawyer wrote the speech. That's what it felt like. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's exactly what it was. It was, it was 100% script written. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, Nobody can yeah. give 1,000%. Come on, people. Yeah. You can't give more than 100%. Right? You just, you can't. 
Yeah, no, it's it's totally ridiculous that that they would even 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 think to do so. And using Seth Rollins, I mean, you you want you want some honesty here right now. Seth Rollins has not been the number person and the champion that they thought he was going to be. Yeah. This guy did not pull the numbers like they expected him to. No. Viewership was down. Sales were down. Live event sales were down. Merchandise sales were down. Everything was down while Seth Rollins has, was champion. Mm-hmm. So he didn't live up to what they had expected, but now you're going to use him and say, oh, yeah, everybody's given a 1,000%. First off, you're right. Nobody can give a thousand percent. That's no. ridiculous. That's even like, I, and I understand they're trying to go over the top with it because it's the WWE. Yeah. That's what they do. They go over the top with everything. I get it, but give a little bit of realism to that. Say that you know, like we go out there and we put a hundred percent into absolutely everything that we do. People would be more receptive to that than to go out there and say, we give a thousand percent day in and day out. No, you go out there and you say, I give a, uh, we give a hundred percent into what we do day in and day out. And we appreciate you guys coming and watching something stupid, short, simple like that would have had more of an effect (laughs) than what happened. Did uh, I have the actual thing? Did you you want to read it? You want to read it? I'm going to read it off. Here we go. So on criticism that WWE is phoning in their shows here, here's what he said. We try to put out the best show possible every single time. And I'm not just talking about Monday Night Raw or pay-per-views. I'm talking about every live event. I'm talking about every department. So if you see a t-shirt that comes out that you don't love, nobody is trying to put out a crappy t-shirt. Every department, everybody who is trying to do their jobs, everybody that writes stories and gets in the ring, even if it's two minutes to have a match, everyone gives 1,000% effort all the time. The expectations are just so high every single time WWE does anything that I guess there is disappointment at times because expectations are through the roof. Fact is, everyone loves what they're doing and wants to be the best. That's where all the negativity, I think, stems from. The fact everybody wants to be so good at it and the product to be as great as it possibly can be that it's easy to point fingers and say, well, I can do better. Or say things like, they're not trying hard enough until you put yourself in a talent's shoes or anyone's shoes in the department. You can't throw stones. You just don't understand the type of work that goes into it. Just having that negative viewpoint sets a bad precedent and a tone for everybody. there's, There's some true aspects to some of that there. But saying that everybody is giving all their effort all the time, then we wouldn't be so negative if that really was the case. I don't... You see, now now hearing it again, like I read it and I read through it and whatever, mm-hmm. right? But to have to hear it out of somebody else's uh, voice and somebody else's mouth here, yeah. I think the only bad part about that was was him saying everybody gives one thousand percent. Yeah, that's not the case. That's I mean that's an outlandish number to do. Yeah. And do do I think it's the case that everybody does give one hundred percent? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Because this is their job. This is their livelihood. This is what they're there to do. If they don't have this, they're out of work. So, of course, you're going to go in there and try to give 100% of what you have. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. And, and, and 
him talking about and saying the expectation for them to to you know give the best of the best it definitely is there because they're the number one company bingo yes yeah. but i think that that and i'm gonna come back to to you know real life situations here mm-hmm. you've never been in the wrestling ring personally myself no of course not you have never written a wrestling show nope you have never been a promoter for a wrestling show. I would love to be, but no. I have done those things. Mm-hmm. I have written out cards. Mm-hmm. I have promoted for shows. I have been in the ring myself. I have done all of this. Yeah. There is a lot of work that goes into it. Absolutely. That people don't see. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. And I think mm-hmm. that people are expecting that everything just goes smooth 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. When we need to remember that these people are human. True. They're going to make mistakes as well, right? And I think that we're way too critical. Yeah. Way too critical of the WWE product. Yes. Has it declined in years? Definitely it has. And I think that that's the fault of management bringing in like soap opera writers and sports writers and, and stuff like this, yeah. people who have not been in the professional wrestling business mm-hmm. to know how to perfectly write a professional wrestling script. Right. That's where downfalls come in. Mm-hmm. If they make this shift to kind of go back to those who know the business, then I think that we will see an increase in the product itself where yeah. we will not be so critical. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I get being overly critical, but again, you mentioned we're talking about the biggest company in the world. Arguably, should be the most successful. They've been at this for what fifty plus years or, or, or longer. By now, you should have. Yeah, there's going to be some missteps here and there, but it shouldn't be all the time. You know, the, the, you should be at this point. You should be a finely tuned, finely oiled machine putting out a good product at least the majority of the time. You know, I, when you had mentioned the uh, the writers, I think we really need to get back to, you know, now that we have these people backstage like Abyss and, you know, like these um, folks, like even like Dean Malenko over in AEW, I think that we really need to get away from this rigidly written script and then just have these guys approach the talent and say, okay, here's, it was kind of like we're booking a match here. Here's some, a couple of main points for you to hit. And then you guys improvise in between, you know, we, we heard Moxley when he was talking to Jericho on the on the, the Talk is Jericho podcast that, that these wrestlers that's how they're used to doing promos. They they, they get basically um, you know a main topic to talk about, and then the rest is kind of improvised. That, that's how these guys are used to doing it. Otherwise, like he said, you know, if you're going to go that route of where it's always always a script, just hire a bunch of actors and teach them how to wrestle because they could probably say right. the lines better. Yeah, right? and <laughs> I, right. I, I mean, that's still a great line from that podcast. I think, and it makes a lot of sense to me. That uh, if WWE insists on going with this approach, I think that's maybe what they should do. Just hire a bunch of actors and teach them how to wrestle. That would, uh, yeah. I mean, definitely you could do that because <laughs> lines would probably be a thousand percent. Oh, wait, did I just say that? A thousand percent. Because these wrestlers are used to improvising and not have to be rigidly reading something. Because a lot of them, you know, they've been struck in the head too many times. They probably forget the lines, right? So, you know. It's very true. I, I, backstage info for you guys from Turnbuckle Talk. We don't script our stuff. We don't. We have our main points, and we ad lib, and we just shoot from the hip. Exactly. <laughs> That's Absolutely. how we do it here. Because I've been hitting the head way too many times, and I cannot <laughs> remember lines yeah. anymore, yeah. people. Yeah. So we can't do that. Yeah. 
the, the opener that you guys hear every week with, you know, welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle That's Talk. as scripted as we get there. <laughs> yeah, like I have to have that scripted because I yeah. have to read it or I will not remember it. Bingo. 100%. Um, it's, it's very difficult because I, I'm, I'm a person who has been in the business and has, you know, written, written things out and I've promoted and I have been the promoter and I've been the booker and I've been the guy who's, you know, created the matches and I've been the guy who's been in the matches and I've, mm-hmm. I've been around the wrestling business quite a bit in that aspect. And for me, it's, it's, it's very tough. It's a very, very tough job. And not just for me, but for other people as well. I mean, we could, we could probably, you know, call up our friend, Kim, Kim Artlip, owner of Ignite uh, Wrestling. And she could probably tell you the same thing, that it's not an easy task to go out there and, and book shows and be able to, you know, promote the shows and be able to ensure... She, the podcast that we did with her that she was on the interview we had with her she actually said that she does not have any type of storylines no. so for her it's a little bit easier because there are no storylines that she needs to do but she still needs to be able to create an excitement mm-hmm. right so she's she needs to be able to take the right people and put them together and stuff like that and it's it's it, it's a very very difficult job and i don't think that the and i don't want to say the common man but mm-hmm. i'm going to use it the common man yeah. really doesn't understand what goes into it. All they see is that, you know, 45 years ago, everything was great. It was perfect. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great to see, you know, and then coming up three years ago instead of four to five, uh, you know, it started to decline. And then two years ago, it started to decline a little bit. Right. And then they're going, well, this isn't the same anymore and blah, 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 because of different changes and stuff that have happened. But they don't realize the work that goes into it. They're just being very critical of things because they're used to this product. I digress with this. And I just want to mention Samsung for a minute. OK, this isn't a technologically, uh, you know, uh, huge podcast. Not anymore. But we're talking Samsung, one of the top companies in the world. Yeah. Out there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. They had a phone that exploded. <laughs> Boy, did it ever. Literally. But they were the b- biggest company in the world. One of the biggest. Right? That's that's what I'm saying. They were one of the biggest companies in the world, and mm-hmm. they still had a downfall. Sure, yeah. And it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. No matter what the company is, it happens. Yeah. And I think that unfortunately for them, it was easy for Samsung. It was easy. They, they, they got rid of all of those. They created a new product. They put it out. The Samsung galaxy S 10 right now mm-hmm. is probably one of the best phones that are out there for, you know, when it comes to video and audio and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Joe's holding his Apple phone, which I still think is crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, whatever. I've never been a fan of Apple devices. Um, <laughs> That's I personally use the uh, Google Pixel 2. Uh-huh. I've got the XL version. Yeah. It's been a great phone for me. For you, it has been. But, yeah. but like, Samsung put out this, this Galaxy <laughs> S10, yeah. and it's a phenomenal phone. Like, I know <laughs> YouTubers that use it for their live streams, yeah. and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So they've made their comeback, and it's easier for them to make a comeback than it is for those in a professional sport to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. We need to just give it the time, and it sucks. I understand that. It sucks because we have to put up with this crap product at times, 
But we need to, to understand that it takes some time to be able to rebuild yeah. things. Have we given them enough time? Yeah, I think we have. They yeah. should have a better product <laughs> by now. step it up, boys. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, this, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> cause that Smackville thing that they recorded, um, cause that was, uh, it was about an hour long network special, um, basically a glorified house show. And this is apparently what, um, like almost kind of what their upfront type thing is going to be for f- when they go over to Fox, it's going to be like one of the first things that they, they air. Um, the rings are going to be good for that. And I watched uh, part of that show and it was, um, it was interesting, but, uh, I digress on that. <laughs> Like you were saying, Smackville, I actually have it set to record. Mm -hmm. It is uh, probably recording right now for me on my PBR from the WWE Network. I'm going to give it a watch. I'm going to go into it with an open mind because, well, Alexa Bliss is on the show. And as everybody knows, she is my favorite female performer right now. Good for her. So I want to go into it with an open mind and (laughs) hopefully it does not disappoint me. You had mentioned it, and I think to make a, a good comparison on the, the complete opposite side, you mentioned Kim Arlip with the Ignite Wrestling where there's essentially no storylines. Probably any kind of storyline is kind of done in the match, uh, in the ring with uh, with those guys, which a lot of times is where a lot of really good storytelling takes place, believe it or not, um, yes. depending on the talent especially. And then you go, say, back in the, the heyday of ECW, and you had one guy, Paul Heyman, basically doing all of that by himself. And it was amazing, actually, that they put out the quality of product that they did. I mean, it, it was a little hit and miss sometimes, but the majority of the time, I mean, that product was hot, right? And essentially, that was Paul kind of doing all of that backstage, almost to a fault. Well, as we know now, yeah. in retrospect, to a literally to a fault, because he yeah. worked himself into the ground, right? So... Um, and to the point where he couldn't even pay some of his guys, but, um, but yeah, yeah. De- definitely a great point that you made there that, um, yeah, we definitely, sometimes we can be a little unfair, but at, at the same time too, you know, when we're talking about the number one promotion in the, in the world, you know, we expect a, a little bit more from them and, you know, recently it, it's been a little disappointing. So hopefully something can happen to step in the right direction. Cause it's, it's overdue, whatever it's going to be. Let's hope so. Now, one of those things that might help facilitate is this next thing here. We had, like we mentioned, all this kind of negative stuff going, at least in my perception, a lot of it negative. One really cool thing that, that did happen was this setup for Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor at SummerSlam. I really like the way that they did this. I do too. It was it was very like everything everything with the uh, the fiend mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt character that they have been doing from the Firefly Funhouse yep. coming through to just the vignettes that have been happening on uh, the Titan Tron and then just like r- really cool the lights going out mm-hmm. and then him grabbing Finn Balor and giving him Sister Abigail the lights going out again and then like he's gone and like this this is exciting times right now when it comes to a feud that is starting and building and happening they're going to be going head to head at SummerSlam we're going to have the fiend Bray Wyatt making his in-ring return i guess mm-hmm. against Finn Balor or as some may like to see, hopefully, the demon. See, it's it's it's. I hope so because that would maybe be able to longevity this. Mm. Or we have just regular Finn Balor get beat down by the Fiend, yep. which will then hopefully be able to create a longevity as well. Maybe going into Survivor Series or going into the Royal Rumble, you could probably stretch it out that long. 
and then maybe have it all culminate with the fiend versus the demon at WrestleMania. Right. These, I mean, speculations on that right now, but this has just been an amazing buildup to this and just all around good writing Mm -hmm. for Bray Wyatt. I like the second approach that he had there with him going up against the, uh, the generic, maybe generic isn't the best term, but uh, the the regular version of Finn Balor, I I think helps out Bray Wyatt a lot more as as opposed to the, the, the demon character with Finn Balor. Bray's just kind of just recently targeted him, right? So it's not like this thing has been building with Finn Balor for a long time. Now, mind you, they've been building the, the Bray Wyatt thing for, for quite a while now, weeks and weeks on, on end now. Um, yes. But I think that it's not enough to, to bring that character because over the main roster, I think they've really lost sight of what that uh, demon character actually really meant. And they, they did it really well in XT and over in Japan as well to where, yeah. you know, you, you have to do a certain amount of things before, you know, before the demon comes out of Finn Balor. Whereas opposed to, you know, the, the one time they did it with him when he had his match with Baron Corbin, it was absolutely pointless to, to bring yeah, him out as that at that point. And I think for this to work for Bray's character and for his <laughs> side of this, that they need to, keep Finn Balor as the regular Finn Balor for this. You know what? I, I have to agree. I mean, look in WWE, they could probably just be like, nope, let's just do it all at once. Let's just get it done and over with. That's mentality that they mm-hmm. have that we have seen from them in the past already. Do I hope that they don't? You're right. I hope mm-hmm. that they don't. I hope that they do the second option. I hope that they really do go through and keep this as a long standing feud that can happen by just having regular Finn Balor, as you've mentioned. I am 100% in agreement with that. Now, if Finn would, would to possibly join Bray Wyatt in some capacity, if that were to go in that angle, then sure, then you could bring in the demon character and that could possibly work along with that. If you went with that whole split personality thing alongside side him, then maybe that could possibly work. The only way that I could really see that working is if we do, like you said, have like this split personality kind of thing where we have Bray Wyatt as a face. Mm -hmm. Right. No, no, no. Sorry. Not Bray Wyatt as a face. We have Finn Balor as a face. Yeah. But then we have the demon as a heel. Yeah. With Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. So we could have multiple personalities with Finn Balor and the demon on the exact same show, yeah, we could have Finn Balor go out there <coughs> and work a match as just Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and then we have him come out as a heel with Bray Wyatt as mm-hmm. the demon, not necessarily to go out there and wrestle another match, but to be out there in a heel capacity. That's the only way that I could see that work. Yeah. I uh, anything other than that, I do not want to see Finn Balor with Bray Wyatt at all. Absolutely. I think the two of them having an, ama- an amazing feud together is perfect. Absolutely. I agree 100% on that. So going uh, from that to swing into the other aspect of things here and something we might end up disagreeing on, it looks like they're setting up for Charlotte versus Trish Stratus at SummerSlam. And I will ask the question, it's right in our run here, good match or hot garbage? I'll let you go I'm- first. <laughs> I was going to give your answer because I already know what it's going to be, but hot I garbage. Not give your answer. Hot garbage. You're, Get it off me. Yeah, you're going to say it's hot garbage. <laughs> hot garbage. I, I, th- I think it's okay. <sighs> I think it's, I mean, it's it's okay. Trish is a I'm mom now. She doesn't need great. to wrestle anymore. 
I'm not saying that it's the, the you know, uh, great match or it's perfect or whatever, but people are always talking about, you know, like these legendary matches that never got to happen that they, you know, they're always like, Oh, I would love to see Undertaker and Sting, or I would love to see, you know, Sting and Finn Balor. I would love to see Adam Cole and Shawn Michaels. Nobody's been asking for this match. You and I haven't been asking for this match. I haven't heard anybody asking for Trish versus Charlotte, maybe other than uh, Rick Vickery, possibly. And I don't think he's been mentioning it, but we're a very small circle. Yeah, so to a I certain extent, know. to a certain extent, yeah. I don't know if people <laughs> have been asking for this, right? Oh, yeah. But like, this is this is just one of those yeah. matches where where it's just hey, this this is you know nostalgia for some, yeah. and could be pretty cool to see, you know, a legend with yeah. today's star, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's that's really all that it is. Um, have people been asking for it? Probably not. No. But I'm okay with it. It's it's mm. it, for me. It's not this huge standout match. No, you know, I would love to see Lita versus Alexa Bliss. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, for me, right? That would be like an ideal match of legend versus today. Yeah. But this works as well. Yeah, I think Lita would be the better choice because I think she could actually probably still go in there. Uh, Trish. It's tough with her. The last time she, uh, she, you know, she did a little bit of evolution, if I remember correctly. Um, she looked okay in that, but I mean, you could tell that you know she's been away from the ring for a while. Like, I won't say to the point where there's a lot of ring rust there, but she definitely doesn't look as smooth and as on point as she used to. And, and having said that, I think if she's if they're going to do this thing with Charlotte, I think it's mostly got to be a character-based things here with just some few select spots in a relatively short match. Because she can't go out there and, and hang toe-to-toe with Charlotte. There's no chance. No chance. <laughs> no chance in hell. I'll, I'm going to use the Vince Man, like McMahon line. No chance in hell. I guess we'll just have to see. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So going from that, uh, at least in from in my perspective, a bit of a negative, swinging back over to the positive. Dark side of the ring. Coming back for a second season. Hell yeah. I'm doing the Daniel Bryan right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And yes. I am so happy. It looks like they might kick off with one of the with a real doozy. It looks like it might kick off with the Chris Benoit story. Okay. <laughs> wow. Holy jump. Yeah, this is one that uh, I mean obviously we've been, we've been calling for. It's one that we we've touched on briefly in this podcast. But as you're aware, Carl, and as some of our listeners might be aware, if you've been following us for a while, I have a very polarizing opinion when it comes to not only the scenario surrounding this, but, you know, in retrospect, looking back on his matches and whatnot, without getting into the whole conversation, it, it, it's it definitely, it's a, it's a touchy subject, the Chris Benoit story, not just with myself, but with a lot of wrestling fans and a lot of Canadian wrestling fans as well, given that, you know, he was Canadian. So definitely it is a very touchy subject mm-hmm. and I'm, if this is how they're the dark side of the ring is going to go, I'm very interested in seeing how they portray it. There's lots of different theories that are out there of what have had, what's happened. I mean, you can Google any of it that you want and you can see all the different theories that are out there. I have my own personal opinions and theories on it just as you do. And I know for you, it's a little bit different given life circumstances that have happened that we don't need to get into, but I know that things for you are different than my view on it. 
right? So yeah. it'll be very interesting to see if this is the first episode that they do of the second season mm-hmm. and how they do it. There's still – they could do so much. There's still a lot of people that they could cover in this, even just WWE-related. I mean, you got uh, Jake Roberts. You could do one about uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, it would probably be a fair game there as well. Um, you know, the, the list kind of goes on and on. Owen Hart could be another one they could touch on. That one probably would hit really close to home for WWE, but, uh, you know, there's a lot there to cover because – you know, as interesting and as wonderful as the professional wrestling business is, as the name suggests here, there's a very dark side to the business as well. It, yeah, there there definitely is. There there really is, and there uh, there's lots of names, lots of names. I mean, you've mentioned a few, but I mean, those are like big notable names. Um, mm. I mean, what about like the Abdullah the Butchers? Yes, right, like these these people who were who were stars for a very short period of time mm-hmm. but fell into very hard dark times after getting out of the mm-hmm. professional wrestling business like those those for me interest me the most like seeing the Abdullah the butchers that uh, of of those times that and how they're doing now the coco bewares mm-hmm. you know yes. like virgil virgil um, what's his name another one uh... Uh, Chris Candido could be another one yeah. that they could do as well. Because, I mean, actually, I have the – I just thought of it. I have the, the DVD here of his last match that basically ended his career, and he died shortly afterwards. You know, that's another one right there. There's They could do multiple seasons of this. They definitely could with so many names. And I hope that they do do some of the less known names and not just the huge main star names. Yeah. And, I mean, we kind of did see that a little bit, uh, especially with the Bruiser Brody episode. That one there, right, was a little bit more of, uh, you know, not not a hugely known name. Dino Bravo, dude. Yes, Dino Bravo, yep. Dino Bravo. I want to see an episode done about Dino Bravo. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, just uh, I just keep thinking of different names, different names, different names. Right, because with so many of these two, I mean, if there's ever a better time for this phrase, I can't really think of it. Truth being stranger than fiction. I mean, when you look at the professional wrestling world and some of the stories revolving around some of these characters, the, the truth really is stranger than any fiction could be written with some of these guys. Yeah. Okay, so going from that, Carl, to something non-WWE related here. This is um, interesting. I'm curious to see how this is going to pan out for both companies here because the NWA has ended their business relationship with Ring of Honor. Now, having said this, who... Is there any positive to come out of this, or is this damaging to one or either company or both? A lot of question marks surrounding this, because Ring of Honor's, I wouldn't say doing poorly, but they're on a bit of a downturn at, at the moment, and NWA was kind of just struggling to keep their head above water up until just recently. This is a bit of a strange move, I think. It definitely is a strange move, but I don't think that it's really going to be damaging to either one of them. I think at this point now, the name of the NWA and the Ring of Honor name, they're both out there again. I think that was what the biggest thing was. Now you've got names like James Storm. You've got names like Eli Drake. You've got all of these names coming to the NWA. And I mean, unfortunately, right now, NWA is really just stuck to and subjected to doing stuff on YouTube right now, which which is great because it's free. Mm -hmm. 
they're able to give out their products for free right now. And people are getting really invested into it because of these these names that are that are coming over. Now, how do we know that this wasn't a situation where James Storm or Eli Drake or one of these other bigger names that are out there were going, mm-hmm. hey, listen, if you're going to be you know, doing stuff with – we don't want anything to do with Ring of Honor. If you want our services, if you yeah. want us to come and help you build, you got to remove yourself from them. How do we know that that wasn't the situation? We really don't know the backstory of what, what, what happened and what transpired with this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it's going to be detrimental to either one of them. As we mentioned on – I believe it was the last podcast or the one just before – when it comes to Ring of Honor, I just don't think that there is anything notable happening right now. Yeah. And that's why we think that they're on a downturn because there just isn't anything notable. That's it. And also, and you could kind of point the finger at NWA a little bit for the situation in Ring of Honor too, is that the booking going on in Ring of Honor has just been all over the place. If you've been paying attention mm-hmm. to their product at all lately, it's not WWE level um, inconsistent, but I, I mean, just people get in title shows out of nowhere and matches just happening out of nowhere and no real cohesiveness. Uh, the, there, there's some weird stuff going on in Ring of Honor. I mean, the, the wrestling product is still pretty good, like the, the in-ring aspect, but the storylines and just things linking together kind of don't make a lot of sense right at the moment. And again, you had mentioned earlier in the podcast too that uh, sometimes, you know, we're not always at our best. I, I think that's definitely the case with Ring of Honor right now. As we've got some weird kind of video going on with our uh, with our Skype here, it's uh, kind of almost like disco ball over curlers. But uh, I digress yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I won't say Ring of Honor is in trouble, but hopefully they can uh, improve things a little bit because it is getting a little funky over there. But how how for how many years now have you been saying that with the WWE? Things are getting funky over there. Things are on funky. a downturn. Things are going mm. going sour. Things mm. are going bad. They're still going. Yeah, maybe that, right? that's because I got flash funk above my right shoulder. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe the, 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 yeah, that's why everything's disc. No, my computer just needs to be replaced. <laughs> so if you people feel so inclined, you can check out our uh, social media, yes. and you can always donate to our PayPal account. And help us get better equipment so that we can give you better podcasts. That's always an option for you people. But I digress. (laughs) We come back full circle as I do the Donald Trump finger gun accordion finger Mm. gun snapshots. Let's continue on talking about some Ring of Honor. Um, I don't believe that Ring of Honor is going anywhere. I don't think that there is really anything that we need to really worry about with Ring of Honor. They're in a rebuilding phase right now, I think, is all that it really is. They had so many of their top stars that were that left and went to, you know, went to the WWE, went to, uh, you know, Impact, went to all these other different places. And I think that's the only issue that they're having right now is now they're trying to rebuild redo different storylines see what's gonna work see what's not gonna work and i think that's the reason why we're seeing inconsistencies in different storylines is because they're trying to find stuff that's going to work Mm -hmm. by the way earlier you did like a total dana carvey imitating george the original the the original george bush it was like a total it was it's like ring of honor nwa Got, like that was just the way that you're kind of pointing around. It was like if you go if you go and watch Dana Carvey doing an imitation of George Bush, it was very similar to that. And, um, okay, I, I got to see the visuals here. It was totally like it was like Ring of Honor, NWA, Dark Side, Charlotte. 
<laughs> coming nice. around to WWE. <laughs> um, yeah, that was <laughs> strange. But we had mentioned the listeners, and actually, before we go to our showstopper segment here, we actually have sort of a listener suggestion slash question here, and it's a bit of an interesting one. Why don't we cover what res- uh, basically what wrestlers are doing in their personal lives, especially like who they're dating and who's in relationships with who, and all of the dirt sheet related stuff? And I think that. A big part of that is dealing with one of our partners that we deal with at thegrillposition.com because that's, you know, like their their slogan there, you know, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. And we really try and focus more on the wrestling business than so much the personal lives and the other shenanigans and BS that goes on with the personal lives of these people because at the end of the day, what happens outside of that, I won't say that we don't care, but that's not what we focus on. That's one of the best ways that I can kind of put it. Do you want your personal life being talked about? They're human. Yes. Neither do they. So we're not going to be the ones (laughs) that are going to go out there and talk about their personal lives Mm -hmm. and and all of this. That We don't need to do that. I feel that we have a good enough product that we're putting out to you guys that we do not need to go down any dirt sheet type of pathway at all. No. It's not needed. I don't need to know who's doing who and who's kissing (laughs) who and who's holding hands with who and who went and took a crap and where they did it. Braun Strowman actually has an app that marks everywhere. Wow. Places I've pooped, I believe it is. Um, It's an actual app. But we don't need to know all of that stuff. I don't need to know that John Cena went and had dinner with whoever (sighs) at this fancy restaurant. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're here to cover. We're here to cover professional wrestling, yeah. not their personal lives. And, and a lot of times, too, you know, like people always make the argument that kayfabe is dead. Yeah, it is to a certain extent. But this kind of crap, for lack of a better term, doesn't help that either. You know, We don't mm. need to, like you had mentioned, knowing where Braun Strowman poops because he's supposed <laughs> to be one of the big badasses. And, well, you can't really take him seriously if you're following him on an app that tells you where he just recently moved his bowels. Right. So, yeah, we don't need to know that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, having said all that, uh, we're going to take a brief break here, Carl. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment for this week. It's a little bit different, and this is just going to be merely talking about an upcoming debut, and that's all I'm going to say at the moment. So we'll be right back. All right. Stats. Stats. Well, because the problem is when you cater to that audience, what you do is you turn everybody else off who's not a part of that audience. And that's why ratings are down 23% from two years ago. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens when Monday Night Football is over and the rating doesn't really change. Because it doesn't seem, regardless of how many people are watching Monday Night Football, the Raw rating is not changing whatsoever. It's not like you've got a bad game and the Raw rating goes up or you've got a really good game and the rating goes down and it levels out next week. That's not been the case whatsoever. They've lost 750,000 viewers this year. I mean, when you want to talk about comparing to yourself, that's what I'm looking at. Look at the 10-week trend. Look at the three-month trend. Look at the year-long trend. You're losing viewers left and right.
This is a deadbeat wolf teller. You're listening to Turn Up the Talk with Joey Carl. <laughs> In the shadows of the head tangle, you hear voices as the wind blows, asking, can't you see? Reminding you to breathe in so. Hey guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that special part of our podcast. You know what it is. If you don't know what it is by now, you're going to know. It is our show stopper segment. Yeah. So for this week, for the show stopper segment, Carl, really simply what we're looking at here is we finally know now AEW regular weekly Wrestling will be airing on TNT starting Wednesday, October 2nd. We finally have a date for this sucker. I'm genuinely excited now. It's real. We know when it's going to start. I'm excited yet disappointed at the same time. Uh Uh-oh. Why the disappointment? Well, I'm disappointed that they decided to go with Wednesdays. Mm. I mean, this is going to be... Honestly, right now, AEW is is still in its growing stages and growing phases. We have the WWE Network that shows NXT Mm -hmm. and NXT UK both happen on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. This is going to make things, I think, a little bit more difficult for AEW when it comes to trying to ensure that their programming gets out there to the masses. Mm -hmm. Because you have those people who are diehard WWE who are going to continue to watch NXT and NXT UK and not pay any attention to TNT when it comes to AEW. You're missing a huge market of people when you put it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I still say Thursday should have been the perfect day for them to put out their programming. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting with this, too, is right around the same time, we saw WWE Network subscriptions drop by about 300,000 right around the same time that this announcement kind of came out. Hard to not link the two together there, Carl. Uh, what do you think? I don't, I don't think there's any correlation. I think that there could be a little bit, the fact that uh, that they're, they're going head-to-head. And it's a very it's a very similar audience that's watching both of them as well. Even There's even the one dude that you see on NXT and AEW shows in the crowd. That's just a little minor stuff I get that I pick up on. There's that one guy, the same guy that's in the crowd. It's the same audience for both shows. Very true. But, I mean, because of one show, you have all these people canceling the subscription. Hmm. When you can watch the the WWE Network at any time. True. Right? Yep. That's what makes it interesting, yeah. Right? But, like like I said earlier, you have those diehards that are going to want to watch it Mm -hmm. at the time. They're not going to want to watch it afterwards or pvr'd or anything like that they're gonna want to watch it at that time yeah i'll I'll be very curious once the aw regular show starts what the numbers are are for it in the the first few weeks and on the flip side to see what the nxt numbers are to see if the nxt numbers drop at all or or whatnot so i'm I'm gonna be very curious because like i said you know the, the audience is 
very much the same. Like even some of the same, literally some of the same people live. Yep. So I'd be, I'd be very curious to see. It's very interesting that they're deciding to go head to head with NXT. Uh, and I don't think that's a mistake. Well, I, I think it's a little mistake. Mm-hmm. Just be, you know, and I've, I've kind of covered that already. I think it's just a little bit of a mistake. Are they going to thrive? Definitely. Sure, they're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, for us up in Canada, I really hope that there is a network that decides to hopefully share it with us. Yeah. Um, share, you know, AEW with us. I really hope that that's something that happens. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's that. That's what it is. There isn't uh, much more that I can really say on that. So. Because I, I think that we could rule out Sportsnet because that's where WWE is aired, right? That's right. So I would think that the only other alternatives could possibly be maybe TSN if you're looking at a sports channel. Mm-hmm. And not everybody gets TSN as well. That's something that most people have got to pay extra on their cable package for in, in Sportsnet as well. At least uh, for me, you know, where I'm at, basic cable – you don't get either TSN or Sportsnet. You got to pay that as an extra channel. That's right. So, and I mean, yeah, I mean, same here, right? Like, uh, I have Shaw Cable, and and it's the same, right? Like, it's something extra that I have to pay for. Um, for us in Canada, even the Fight Network, that's something extra that we have to pay for. But that could be a viable option for our AEW to be shown as well. Yep, they already show other professional wrestling shows on there. They do a lot. So, yeah. They do. They show a lot. So, I mean, that could be another viable for them, right? Yeah. It'd be interesting. It's definitely going to be a bit of a, it's definitely not, I don't think, a Monday Night War kind of level type thing going on, but they are going up against a, a very, very popular WWE product, arguably the most popular one. So, yep. Yep. For, uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens come October, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think we really need to give it to about December, mm-hmm. right? From October second until let's say you know halfway through December, and then we revisit and take a look at the numbers. I think that that will be the telling. And coming out of All Out too to see what they're going to be building for storylines going forward as well too. I'm yes. very looking forward to see that. They just don't put on like a a big event that doesn't build anything else up or not starting any storylines or anything like that. So I'm hoping that that this isn't like ending things with all out that they're actually using this big event because it's going to be big to yeah. to have, build a real foundation there to work off of. So fingers crossed that that's what they're doing and not just going crazy for one and then everything else is going to seem kind of insignificant afterwards. Because this is yeah. a building block, not just a you know, let's give it all all here and then have nothing left to give for TV. That's the only That's concern. right. So, all right, Carl. So we'll be eagerly watching that and fingers crossed because we obviously we want them to do well. So before we go, let's make sure and talk about our sponsors. As always, com. I am wearing my Collar and Elbow brand hat as usual. Make sure you go and check out com. They just dropped some new merchandise. You need to go and check this merchandise out. Some of it is quite amazing. There's new female merchandise. There's new male merchandise. There's merchandise for absolutely everybody in your family available there. Check them out. Go to our social media pages. All of our social media that I will get to in just a minute has a link to our personal little space on Collar and Elbow Brand. 
Use promo code JKPODCAST and get yourself 10% off your entire order. We have two vape sponsors as well. HypeCityVapors.com, based out of the United States of America. If you're in the United States, check out HypeCityVapors.com. Get yourself some amazing flavored e-juice from them. Use promo code JKPODCAST. Get 15% off your order. If you are local in Sault Ste. Marie, check out Silly Rabbit Vape Shop down on Queen Street. Go in there. Tell them that you have been sent by Turnbuckle Talk. And what's going to happen is you are going to get yourself 10% off your order from Silly Rabbit Vape Shop located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. As for our social media, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. That is where you can stay up to date with everything happening. Turnbuckle Talk. Check it out. And of course, listen to the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, CastBox. Or I, I've lost track of how many of those other podcatchers out there. I know there's a million and one different ones now. We show up at a good majority of those as well. And, of course, we are part of the Road Network, powered by thegorillaposition.com. And, of course, we are with the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast Network as well. We're all over the place, Carl. <laughs> all we over are. The place. And for any of you that are out there that are listening that might be a business and want to potentially sponsor us, get a hold of us on our social media pages. We are more than happy to help support someone that wants to support us. Check us out on our social media. Get a hold of us if you want to help sponsor the podcast. Every little bit helps. As I mentioned before, we do have a PayPal account as well. Mm -hmm. That is available at our Facebook page. Go and check that out if you feel so inclined to help with a small monetary donation to be able to afford us to give you the best podcast that we can. Yep, you can find us uh, all over social media. The only thing that you're not going to see us posting is where we go to poop. That's right. You will not be seeing that from us. <laughs> all right, Carl, that wraps up for this week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold coming from you from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm with Joe and Carl for Turnbuckle Talk.